The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good morning. We're back. Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James, the de- <laughs> being deputized by the senator himself. I'll be on for the rest of the week. This is Analyze This on NPR. Let me give you the prime timeline up on Channel 12 tonight. Uh, real quick, at 7 o'clock, we have the PBS News Hour. At 8, finding your roots, explore the unexpected family roots of Angela Davis and Je Johnson. Interesting. Um, especially the Angela Davis side. I read something about that. Um, at 9 o'clock, we have Native America. Learn how Native innovators are leading revolutions in music space and, and exploration and building. At 10 o'clock, bring her home. There's follow along as three indigenous women work to honor their relatives who are missing or have been murdered. And then finally, 11 o'clock, I'm at poor and company with Christiana. I'm at poor. Uh, let me give you a, a philosophical thought. Comes from a guy named Jim Rohn, R O H N. Your life does not get better by chance, it gets better by change. And only you could change it, is my addition to that. But think about that. Your life does not get better by chance, it gets better by change. Uh, we're going to have the veterans coming up in about. 15 minutes, but uh, I wanted to talk before that, Veterans Affairs, rather. I wanted to talk before that about the um, the governor's bill on, on uh, the, the governor's bill on the, where is it? On the derelict properties. The, the like I said, there's a you have until 20, November 24th to speak about it. It's 15 pages long. I wanted to mention some of the stuff in that um, in that bill. Um, they, you know, they, they previously had two town hall meetings in August. Uh, you know the the usual glass. With, you know this definition of of of, of the. You know, of, of the different terms. Uh, this is a synopsis provided by the VA Consortium. In making its determination, the court must assess the property against a list of criteria, all of which must be met. These criteria include lack of any foreclosure action, lack of good faith efforts to sell the building. I don't know how you prove that. And the absence of legal occupation for at least five years prior to the petition, of course. Legal occupation is defined in the definition section. Um, the court will then ascertain that the current owner acquired the building more than a year ago and then the current efforts to repair the building in a timely manner. I don't know how the court, court ascertains that. I guess those are subjective things that would be driven by facts um, and the court can make a decision based on on what the uh, the make, make a decision based on what evidence is presented before it 
uh, but you know, current efforts to repair the property in a timely manner. You know, it's, you know, I could say, well, I did this. I changed a lock last week. So that does does that qualify as efforts to repair or change a door? You know, what what's the extent? Uh, property owners are explicitly entitled to legal representation during conservatorship petition hearings with the court directed to appoint counsel for those who cannot afford their own attorneys. Mm, that's a very interesting um, thing there um, because the the um, like I, I, I like to call this full employment for lawyers and um, if, if the government is now going to be paying for your legal assistance then that really uh, changes a lot. So we we get to help us talk about that now. We have um, Attorney Hannibal O'Brien. Good morning, Attorney O'Brien. Attorney O'Brien. Yes, sir. Yes. Good morning. Uh, I was uh, I'd asked you to um, come on and talk for me real quick about this um, property tax or, or not property tax, but the um, the derelict property bill that the governor sent down. And one of the things I just mentioned, which um, I think you would find interesting, is that the draft uh, legislation says that property owners are explicitly appointed to legal representation during conservatorship petition hearings with the court directed to appoint counsel for those who cannot afford their own attorneys. Well, I guess from, you know, on the first blush, you'd say that's a positive circumstance. That at least the individual citizen will have someone to help them navigate through the law. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, wow, you, th- you sit down and think about the appointment of counsel during criminal cases. Exactly. But they're, <laughs> they're having so much difficulty mm-hmm. being able to uh, establish conflict counsels. Mm-hmm. That's uh, councils where the public defender's office has con- conflicted out of the case for mm-hmm. a myriad of different reasons. Where are they going to get the bodies? That, that's what I said. I wanted to hear you say it because, um, you know, we have, there's like two people on the criminal panel. You know, yeah. it, it may well, be one because I heard one guy uh, is, is, was leaving or, 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 or quit or well, something. Well, you know, the, the other thing is that this is a heck of a lot different than being a, a appointed to a criminal case. Mm-hmm. A criminal case, as you know, uh, for an individual who is not accustomed to delve in that area, mm-hmm. can be pretty trying on your nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no accident that a lot of individuals who are criminal lawyers uh, find themselves in all kind of other issues uh, in terms of mental health, substance abuse, etc. throughout mm-hmm. the country because of the different nuances in the criminal uh, area. And perhaps being that this is less... Uh, I, and, you know... I'm, 
hesitate to use the word less stressful, but less mm-hmm. less trying on the individual. Right. I would, I would agree with that, but you know, but to me, this is this is how I look at this whole. The, I don't think these are going to be easy. I think you know, let's take a look at probate. Just just mentioned probate settlement without administration, which means it's supposed to be the simplest form of probate, and you got cases three, four years old. Um, you know, here we're going to go into conservative conservatorship here, and where people are trying to take somebody's property from them ostensibly to fix it up. That is going to be a heck of a process. Um, you know, I, I see that as a drawn-out process. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, you, you prove, me, prove me wrong later on. But, but, who, I, but I think who, it's going to get quite expensive for the government. But who benefits from this? It's full employment for lawyers. <laughs> no, but I mean... The, the fundamental pro- program, I, you know, I'm not sure that I understand what the aim is. I mean, yes, I can see the immediate aim of having all of these, uh, what they call abandoned properties, uh, being made viable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then, yeah, you're right. And, and, and then, you know, the, you know, people, these are the really hard questions, you know, Hannibal, because... I say I'm in a I'm one of these foundations. I'm not calling their names because you know they have been mentioned, but I don't want to presume to speak for them. So right. I'm one of these nonprofits that I say, okay, I want to be doing this. How do I make decision which property I, I want to fix up and which property I don't? Well, you know, accordingly, you 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 bite off as big a bite as you can chew. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that, that, that's what that's what I would do. <laughs> I'd go, and, you know, and consider my needs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and what about my grandmother old house on the um, at number ten Hill Street that nobody's touched in donkey years? That that just stays there. And we build around it like how Trump used to do in New York. Mm-hmm. Is that is well, that what it's going? Are we going to have piecemeal thing, or is this going to be? We're going to say, okay, let's start on this block. Boom, 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 boom. Take care of this block. And let's go to the next block. Boom, boom, boom. Well, Especially in Frederick State. With, you well, know, first of all, with, uh-huh. anyone who knows anything about urban planning, and while, you know, and while we hardly qualify as an urban area, but mm-hmm. the same principles would apply, mm-hmm. just planning. Yes, it's all about planning. And, and 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 that planning usually doesn't take place out in the public. That's true. You know, the you know, and it depends on how forthcoming our our leaders who are uh, marshalling the program want to be with us. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, there's you know, the sad thing is. There's a lot of families who are land rich and money poor. Of course. You know, and, you know, we had an older population whose children went off to bigger and better things. You know, and while they're so busy with life, they they, they didn't look back. I mean, my parents, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, and they left here Mm -hmm. in the 50s. 
you know, I mean, they visited, they mm-hmm. visited, and they made sure that children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spent summers and vacations. Mm-hmm. But you know, they never came back. Right. right. Okay. Now, I am sure that there are different properties that are tied up that they have an interest, albeit maybe a small interest in, but nonetheless an interest. Yes. You know, and many of the people don't know that they have an interest in real property. That's true. Usually they find out when um, they get something from the court, like maybe you, you got to reach out to all the heirs during the probate. And, and, yeah, and they say, oh, I didn't, I don't know nothing about this. Yeah. You know, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I know I had a case recently where I had well over 36 potential heirs. I had to post on the property and put in the newspaper and sent mm-hmm. to who I knew. And I know they probably told other family members, hey, you know, we'd be in uh, – you know, we have this action here. To, 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 but it gets it, it gets better than that. You know, as you know, there are times when creditors mm-hmm. actually probate in a as, as a matter of fact, that, that just happened to a friend of mine. She uh, never probated her, her mother's estate, and now a creditor is coming after that property. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean... Which the, would the, force the, her to the, probate the, it. The, the, the creditor actually uh, assumes the position of executor or ex- executrix. Yeah, they force they force the uh, they force the probate. Yeah, but but generally, as you know, generally the court, if you know, if a true heir uh, uh, comes forward and uh, you know makes the right intimations, the court will generally. Allow the family member to, you know, to supplant mm-hmm. the creditor. Yeah, but, yes, of course, of course. But but that's what I'm saying. They basically forced the probate. You right. know, the person it, 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 had it, it, no it, intentions of probating or or whatever the reason might be. Now they well, have to because well, because this, you know, this, this you is. know what the what has been most prevalent in the Virgin Islands is that there's been this unofficial probate. <laughs> Re the the siblings get together mm-hmm. and is cool with one particular sibling and mm-hmm. their family living and right. taking care of the property mm-hmm. and you know and that individual thinks everything is cool until until well until you have uh, say Er Maria comes mm-hmm. by and you, you, you're now trying to get uh, mm-hmm. the disaster relief mm-hmm. and you know and the way it's set up is the named person on the deed yep. is the only one that has standing uh-huh. in order to receive the that, um, that benefit. And that person could be dead 40, 50 years. Exactly. You know, then there's a rush to probate. Yes, to yes. <laughs> and now we have this huge backlog. Um, <laughs> my friend from St. Thomas wanted me to make sure that I, I mentioned it. Um, but, 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 you know, I always, you know, I always speak about probate and 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 we we gotta fix that system because it's 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 absolutely well, I, it's overwhelmed. Know, I, it's overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed. I am not qualified to make a comment about the mm-hmm. probate system, but I do know that 
you know, our circumstance where we have what I have called the unofficial probate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that is still the most prevalent way in yes. which... It, I mean, I, I have family members that I'm I'm always telling her, mm-hmm. you need to probate that estate. Right. You need to probate that yeah. estate. Because you're going to have problems later on. You will have problems. Yeah. It may not you be know. now. It might be your children or your grandchildren that ends right, up with this, right, yeah, right. With this problem. You know, now the, the, the problem is that, you know, while there's a lot of these so-called abandoned properties, mm-hmm. A lot of times you find that there are individuals who do have the resources but didn't know that they were in line of succession mm. to do something about the property. Mm-hmm. From what I understand in this bill, what, you know, service a ship comes along, identifies an entity. You know, I don't know how they're going to determine uh, you know, what all of the nuts and bolts are as mm-hmm. to whether or not they can start the the changes, mm-hmm. but you know, and and then do they get an exemption from the hi- historic uh, preservation of mm-hmm. the property? Do they do they have to? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a whole different ballgame. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of things to consider. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that are in the burners that seem practical as they exist within the psyche. Mm-hmm. The you know, the problem is that when these ideas are given life as they're put into action, all of a sudden, many tangential issues arise that you didn't and you couldn't have thought of before. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but. The, they gum up the works. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, uh, um, you, you know, because, wow, I mean, well, you know, you, you, and, you, and you can't look at it in a vacuum. You got to look at it from the perspective of, you know, we just had a massive sale of uh, tax sale of mm-hmm. individual properties the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, what are we, what are we really doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I submit without knowing the numbers, that it has resulted in the potential divesting of a lot of Native individuals of their property. Yes, we know that for sure. You know, property, is, property is power. Okay, you're right. Well, Attorney O'Brien, I want to thank you so much for giving us a uh, thing. You and I going to do a bush tea later in the week when we got more time. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so thank you very much for your insight on this. We got coming up in two minutes the Veterans Affairs uh, office. So stick around. We'll be right back. at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com Member FDIC. Did you know if you're an adult living with asthma or COPD, getting sick with pertussis may result in severe complications? 
Pertussis, or whooping cough, is a serious respiratory illness. Vaccination is the best way to help protect against pertussis. Speak to your healthcare provider to ensure you are up to date on your Tdap vaccination. Learn more at lung.org. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Early bird tickets are on sale now through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Miski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255 and 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are The I Lottery, Anthony School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. Welcome, everyone. We're back. This is Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James on Energy and analyze this. I'm thinking energy. I'm trying to energize this. Uh, we have in our final um, segment here the Virgin Islands um, Office of Veterans Affairs. Good morning. Let's see if they're still on. Good morning. Okay, they may have walked away. Uh, and if we'll just. Wait for them to come back, and then we'll we'll um, begin speaking to the. Good morning, sir. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll just wait for the Veterans Affairs Office to to call back. Uh, I know they've been um, having some uh, some some different uh, initiatives that they wanted to speak with us about. Uh, I noticed some legislation that was recently passed, um, giving us some. I, I think there was some additional funding they got recently when they reprogrammed some money. They can verify that. But one of the things the Veterans Affairs Office does is 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 um, provide guidance as to what benefits are available locally and nationally to qualified veterans, different. Um, generally, all the veterans in the Virgin Islands, uh, I don't think we make much of a distinction, but the, uh, or categorize them, they're all veterans. Uh, however, the, um, the federal government categorizes its, its veterans, especially depending on which war you served in. Um, each war has different benefits. Um, when you enter the army, or, or when you entered service, uh, your level of, say, your GI Bill um, is different. You did like three different types of GI Bill uh, acts, so it's different there. And then they categorize uh, their medical patients, uh, service connection, 
or non-service connected. And then even within the service connection, there's priorities, um, priority one, priority two, priority three um, clients. So the federal government is very, has a very convoluted uh, system. And one of the things that um, Mr. Farrell and his staff here do is, is assist local people in, in navigating that system uh, and also um, assist with any local benefits that may be available to any veteran. For instance, on the local side, there's um, land property purchase programs. Uh, there is a UVI um, fee tuition program and there's also a um, a benefit for travel for especially for those that the the the, the U.S. Uh, Veterans uh, Affairs Department is not if you're not a if you're a priority three you generally have to travel on your own to the nearest hospital and you can get reimbursement afterwards but you have to spend the money up front um our um va office assists with with with, with travel of that sort so that there is less of a burden at least immediately on the on the va uh, patient or or client for lack of a better term the veteran uh which could include um spouses uh, a lot of people fail to realize uh, there's the spousal benefits available and 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 dependent benefits available um, with with VA compensation. Your compensation level, even within <laughs> another category, um, you know, the federal government is all about compartmentalizing everything, and, and that's why it's so tedious at time. Because if you call, for instance, EPA, right? You are going to. You better know exactly what the office you call into because you you're, you're not going to get anywhere. The, you know, you, you have to know whether it's the um, the air office, the air division, and then within the air division, is it um, generators? Is it Title Twelve? Is it um, um, refineries? You know, whatever. It's just like, and then within that office, you get. You know, and, and you know, you got to know the person specific. There may be this one guy that deals with the issue that you're dealing with, um, and then there's a lot of overlap. Um, you know, um, oil refineries might be under um, one section, but then the storage tanks themselves might be under um underground storage tank uh, uh, section of of, of 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 epa or and or dpn artists like so many overlapping and um but yet specific so you got to know exactly what you're dealing with it. and the veterans of um, affairs um, department the national department is very much like that um if you're calling about compensation that's not the same as medical and then if you're calling about a medical exam in order to get compensation um that's also you know um the, the, you know that's a a whole nother office uh because there's there's compensation 
which is, is, is strictly uh, financial, and then there's the people that determine your, your medical level to uh, your, your injury level to determine what um, what compensation you'll receive. Uh, so one of the the things that our Veterans Affairs Office does is, is is try to help people guide through that. There are other agencies that can do that. Other organizations. Um, I always tell people when you when you're applying for for federal um, compensation. It's best to be represented by an attorney. I'm not putting a plug for myself, but um, there are attorneys who specialize in that, especially nationally or or, or in the states and places like Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, Hinesville, Georgia, the the lawyers that specialize in military and VA affairs, and that's all they do. And um, when you win a compensation, I think it's pretty much like Social Security I think with the VA compensation cases, I think if you do hire an attorney, that they pay the attorney fees, which is why they tend to move a little bit faster if you're represented by counsel. But it doesn't have to be an attorney. Organizations such as the DFW and the DAV, the um, VFW, Veterans of Foreign Wars, Disabled American Veterans, and the American Legion all provide uh that service so when you are going to apply for compensation you should contact one of those agencies they will um actually sometimes they will fill out the application for you and um and they put themselves in there and and i'll tell you what once the va sees that you're represented by one of those agencies you, you move to the top of the list so just a little hint for those of us that are out there now we know the pact act mr farrell recently has been talking about um I think the time if I'm not sure. I think yes. I think the time has passed. You can still apply for it, uh, and the PACT Act is where the, um, the the last legislation for federal compensation that was passed by the Congress and sent it to law by the president that said that um, the Persian Gulf, um, the the burn pits people that were around burn pits in, 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 in several theaters, um, the Persian Gulf and Afghanistan, and um, then they were entitled to compensation. And there's a, a list of several uh, um, illnesses that there's a presumption if you have those illnesses, if you can prove you have those illnesses, if you were in the theater, there's generally a presumption. There's like an 80% approval rate on these, um, so far, no, no, with the, the Lumen shut down. They probably slowed down, but um, the but there was a um, a month ago there was an eighty percent approval rate on that. So any veteran that served in any of those areas and um, you experience um, burn pits, whether it's the um, um, burning of of military garbage or and or um, human um, refuse. That um, you should apply for comp- compensation. Um, see if you got certain, um, you know, asthma, rhinitis. There's several uh, heart disease, several things that are on on the list. So check it out. Uh, you could just Google PACT Act, and um, it'll take you probably to the veterans page with all that information. But the local VA office has information on that. We should um, use the local VA office when we need to because 
they uh that's what they're there for you know and um while you could always go directly to the the federal va it, it really does uh, help if you if you have the assistance of a, of a local agency such as the 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 office of veterans affairs to assist you in in whatever you have or endeavoring to do at the at the Veterans Affairs Office um, or at the, the Department of Veterans Affairs. As you know, the closest VA hospital is in Puerto Rico, so there's always a problem in terms of getting appointments or getting over there. Um, we were trying to see if we could get um, the VA office back, but apparently they, um, they, they moved on to something else, so we'll just rebook them another time. And uh, but let's just continue here this morning. Like um, I just gave you a bunch of veterans information, and you know, hopefully it's useful. I want to give you. A, <laughs> I got these philosophical quotes I pulled up um, last night. I'm gonna hit you with another one. Yeah, this one is from Charles Bukowski, and he says the problem with the world is that intelligent people are full of doubts. Well, the stupid ones are full of confidence. So <laughs> think about what that means. You know, the, the smart people will be hesitant to act, um, what should I say, r r rashly. And um, while the, the, the people doing all the crazy stuff, uh, that has the confidence to do the crazy stuff and are the, uh, are the, the, the less than... Well, as he says it, the stupid ones. So when you see all this stuff going on, you have you have to wonder what is uh thing. I know lately, last time, not last time, but a couple times ago when I was on, I had um, the Rock City Wreck VI crew here. Uh, I think it was Attorney Johnson from St. Thomas. And um, I've been following them on, 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 on Instagram, and I see that they're... You know, all the stuff he he spoke about that at the time he was on, they were only doing um, uh, volleyball at the time. But now they they've got a cornhole tournament this weekend and a bunch of other stuff. So big up to the guys from Rock City Rick, and um, you know, and hope that you know they get everybody moving on St. Thomas because that's how we stay healthy with all this good stuff. Uh, Some of the, some other interesting things. Um, there's a, apparently a trickle of COVID vaccines. It, you know, the new COVID vaccines are not coming in the way we thought they would be coming in into the Virgin Islands. And uh, maybe Dr. Ellis, or Commissioner, and Kenneth Young can comment on that next time we have a health, the health department on the on the radio uh, on with us and so hopefully we will have them in a, a week or so and then they could give us some updates on that as well as this water um situation on st croix i want to read you a epa had sent out a what is that epa had sent out a thing on uh, the, the, 
explaining the testing of the the water. What is that? Well, I'm getting, I'm trying to find it here. Here we go. EPA.gov has sent out this statement regarding lead and copper in St. Croix USVI drinking water. It's a set of bullet points, and it says the Virgin Islands WAPA provides drinking water to approximately 13,000 people on the island of St. Croix, which has a population of approximately 41,000. So that's slightly over 25% of the population um, gets potable water. In August, St. Croix's potable water was impacted by sargasm, which gave it discoloration and odor. August of 2023. Um, I don't remember hearing that, but apparently it happened. then following renewed slash continued complaints from WAPA customers about red slash brown water, WAPA, DPNR, UVI, and EPA Region 2 developed a sampling monitoring plan to assess the water quality of public drinking water in St. Croix and to determine the cause and content of the water discoloration. Monitoring plan locations. The final monitoring plan including sampling at 66 locations throughout the WAPA distribution system and included areas where water quality concerns are prevalent based on historical data and customer complaints of red water issues. The locations focus on distribution water meter connections to home throughout this St. Croix. Distribution water meters are located at the property boundary, typically near the road, Location that the homeowners tap into the meter may vary because most, uh, and another thing is most users use cistern water. Uh, monitoring plant implementation. Sampling at the 66 locations occurred between Thursday, September 28th and Friday, September 29th. Analysis. The plan included analysis for bacteria, secondary DW analytes, primary DW metals. UVI cons- uh, conducted the microbiological analysis, and WAPA conducted the DW analysis, pH, and EPA did the primary um, DW metal analysis. We're going to give you the results of some of those analyses when we come back from this break. Energy Office, in partnership with the Worldwide Universities Network, are hosting the second annual VI Energy Fair. There will be live demonstrations, interactive exhibits on energy and sustainability, and community leaders on site to discuss the territory's efforts to reduce energy costs. The fair takes place at the UVI Sports and Fitness Center on St. Thomas on October 28th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information, visit cgtc-usvi.org. 
Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! Or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Good morning, and we're back. This is our final segment, uh, Analyze This. This is Dwayne Henry filling in for Neville James on 93.1 FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we were just talking here about the EPA report on lead lead and copper in St. Croix USVI drinking water. You can go to epa.gov, search um, lead and copper in St. Croix, and it will bring you up on the EPA report, which... um, I happen to, because I'm familiar with EPA, having worked at DPNR for over five years as the counsel down there and interacted with EPA very closely during that period of time, uh, I knew where to go search to see what EPA is saying about this lead and water in the Virgin Islands. We've heard some WAPA reports. We've heard the governor speak. I think this, this report from EPA is the most in-depth that I've seen, which is why I'm reading the entire report here on the air. Um, some of the stuff you might not understand is that some of it I don't understand. <laughs> but um, but there's a, a, a level of, of detail here that's been lacking in the, in the media. So um, earlier I, I spoke about how the monitoring was done and the analysis was done. So here we go. The primary DW metals analysis the Region 2 laboratory received the samples for primary DW metals, and this is just basically heavy metals, lead and copper and stuff like that, on 10 um, October 4th, 2023, and issued a report by October 12th, 2023, which is lightning speed by the federal government standard. But, you know, big up to them. Um, there, there's some reports uh, attached in the release, and they include a hard copy version and you could get a customized electronic version. But of the 66 sampling locations, a total of 117 samples were collected. 41 locations were collected in pairs generally labeled A and B, with the first sample within one minute followed by a second sample after three 
two um, five-minute flush. 25 locations were collected as first draw within one minute. So they went in in 41, the locations, and they collected it in pairs. They, they took the first sample within a minute, and then they, they let it flush out for three or five minutes and then took a second sample. And then in, um, and, and, and then at 25 other locations, they uh, were collected as first draw. They just um, pulled it, you know, the first time it, it, the water ran out, they, they collected. Eight samples were collected as bottled blanks using laboratory regent um, grade water. Uh, lead of the 66 sampling locations, 35 of the first samples exceeded EPA's 15 um, points per billion lead action level. Results for lead range from 16 ppb and 20,000 ppb. Now, check this out. EPA's action level is 1.5. The results range from 16 to 20,000. Think about that. For the second samples, after flushing the water for three to five minutes, the levels fell below the lead action level for all but two sample locations. Copper. Of the 66 sampling locations, 15 of the first samples exceeded EPA's 1300 ppb copper action level. And those results ranged between 1320, which is 20 above the, the, the minimum, and 137 parts per billion. 137,000 from 1,300. For the second samples, after flushing the water for five to three or five minutes, the level fell below the carbon action level for all locations. VI Whopper, Syncroy, and VI DPNR believe the high lead levels may be impacted by stagnant water combined with aging um, infrastructure. While the source of the lead has not been identified, there may be leaded solder and or lead joints in the distribution system or at the meter where some of the samples were taken. Uh, and in some cases, water from Whopper may not have been used by a resident in several months. There may be also brass couplings connecting copper lines and other brass plumbing in the distribution system. So if you got solder, lead solder and lead joints, um, you know, in the distribution system, that comes from repair work that they did with it, repaired it with lead solder. And that may have, over the years, and that may have contributed to the presence of lead, high levels of lead in the water after, especially after water has been sitting there in the system and then you first, it appears that it collects somewhere in the system and then when you, um, you turn on the spigot, that first gush is filled with that stuff that was sitting before the fresh water can come through. Um, Whopper St. Croix issued a press 
statement on October 14th, 2023, notifying the public. Um, and then it says that Region 2 is acting, um, is actively working to provide technical assistance to the USVI regarding community outreach, funding, and additional sampling analysis to assess the extent and cause of the lead and copper levels. Um, so EPA is apparently going to try to, I don't know what they're going to use, uh, uh, you know, what EPA could use the money for, uh, but EPA or whether Virgin Islands can use whatever funding EPA would have available. The, the truth is that these things come with um, all kinds of you know, red tape and requirements and the money. Cause so, you know, you know the, the idea, you know, as we hear senators call for state of emergency and all kinds of stuff, the idea that this is going to open the federal spigot to a, a whole heap of money coming into thing has to be um, tempered with reason. Uh, so we need to look at that and um, see what can. Now I know I'm, I'm I'm checking here to see how the now the water assistance program for for Splint, for Flint, Michigan, uh, <laughs> they developed a two year program to fund eligible low income homeowners to assist with water bills, water conservation, and um, self-sufficiency initiatives. And they did one, also there's, there's also one um, for homeowners to deal with, you know, a, a variety of um, issues. The, the, the issue, um, the, the program, let's see. The city of Flint, what they were doing was um, they were providing up to $1,000 in water assistance funding over a 12-month period. To qualify, they had to meet certain um, guidelines, 150% poverty level uh, of the poverty level. So this wasn't a, a free-for-all for... For everything, um, Flint has been this problem has been going on for seven years in Flint. Um, you know, the it's 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 insane. Um, there's um, you know all kinds of program. Um, they have water quality reports. Um, their, their current lead level is nine parts per billion uh, for the last six months. So they're doing like really, really well. Um, at one point, and now check this out. Flint, back in 2016, when they started balling, they were at 20 parts per billion, you know. 20 parts per billion. And if you remember, that was a huge deal. Uh, national news, oh my God, you know, fit. Now, the Virgin Islands, right? The Virgin Islands, nothing. 
And ours is 137 parts per billion. Flint was only 20. Ours is 20,000 for lead and 137,000 for copper. Astronomically higher than Flint. You would think that the, the emergency here is, it, well, not you would think. No one can say that the emergency here isn't greater than what occurred in Flint. And we saw the, the reaction to Flint. We need a similar response in the Virgin Islands. We do. And it's not just us. NPR, got to give the, um, the network a plug. NPR did a story. I got this from my good friend from Judith's Fancy. Um, he knows who he is. Um, Puerto Rico's tap water often goes untested, raising fears about lead contamination. So Puerto Rico is now concerned because they probably heard of what's going on over here. And now they are concerned about what's going on in Puerto Rico. Um, the NRDC, National Resources Defense Council, senior health policy advocate, Eric Olson says, Puerto Rico has the worst record in the U.S. for drinking water safety. I don't think he's visited the Virgin Islands. Um, you know, they, they, like I said, they tend to think that, you know, they're saying Puerto Rico is so much higher um, than, than, than Puerto Rico, but they really, they, than the, the, the United States. But if they really, really look at what's happening in the Virgin Islands, I think people are going to be, this this going to be absolute shock. Um, so I read you guys the report. It's available at EPA. Um, it's really, this isn't looking good, people. It really isn't looking good. I know our government doesn't have the resources. This is going to take a massive effort from the federal government. Um, you know, with Flint, it took special legislation in the Congress. I'm almost sure that our delegate is already on this um, without her having to say so because she, the, the, I know how she is and, and um, she, she's very proactive. Unfortunately, she can't get anything done until the circus leaves town and the circus has been in town for a while. And um, I think they, they may extend it. And, you know, so... You know, as soon as the House gets its act together and gets a speaker, because, uh, you know, this is not a partisan issue. And I'm pretty sure um, the members of the Republican Party, Mr. Ackley and, and others, Senator Heiliger and stuff, can, um, will be, you know, lobbying, the, you know, the Republican members of the House for, for passage of any legislation that we may have, that we may need. To, to deal with this issue. Um, like I said, it, it's not easy at all. It, 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 it's, it's um, and, you know, I don't know if declaring a state, state of emergency is, I don't know if that does anything. I, you know, Senator Johnson and I think Senator Carrion, uh, those two voices were quite prominent in, especially Senator Johnson in, in, in this. Um, the, governor's, um, in the, the governor in his press statement yesterday said that declaring a state emergency will not empower the Virgin Islands government to take any additional steps beyond the scope of our current response efforts. 
And um, he said that the authorities are already doing everything possible to address the alarming findings. Um, rest assured that we are treating this situation with the utmost seriousness. For example, we've been monitoring bottled water prices since the start of the Atlantic City as we do uh, Atlantic season, hurricane season, as we do annually. The governor also noted that local officials officials been working closely with our federal partners who are on the ground supporting us. And that's the the same thing EPA said in their um in, in, in their their press release and they're actually there. Um the USVI Joint Information Center informed that the resampling exercise began last week. Um, and they were actually sent to, quote, specialized laboratories, end quote, in Puerto Rico and Florida for testing. But we got those back really quick. Um, so that's good. Um, I want to mention... Preliminary assessments pointed a problem within the distribution system itself, specifically Castleburg, Calcohoun, Diamond, and Mombiju. And um, there's a lot of people in Mombiju on potable water because those systems are so small. Um, the governor says the team is providing the public with timely updates and ensuring full transparency. Your well-being remains our primary concern. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Tomorrow when we come back, hopefully there's some kind of update. Hopefully I ruffled a couple of feathers or got somebody to want to call in tomorrow and talk about that from the, um, the powers that be. But I will begin to, I will continue to provide you with as much information on that and other issues as I can. And that's what we do here at Analyze This. So everything you heard today, like I always say, take it and analyze that. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.